0: Hello, welcome to another episode of A Little Ray of Sunshine, inspirational stories from everyday people. Tonight I will be interviewing a woman by the name of Camille Smith. She was referred to me by one of my friends, Shayla Crosby, and she got quite a reference. And I'm just really excited to visit with her and to learn more about her and to hear about the wisdom she has to share with us. Hello. Hello, is this Camille? Yes. How are you tonight?
1: I'm good. I just had to get my AirPods in the right place.
0: Okay. So, Camille, first of all, let me say thank you for being willing to be on the podcast tonight. I sure appreciate it.
1: Well, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for reaching out.
0: Oh, you bet. So, a mutual friend of ours, Shayla Crosby, referred you, and she had just wonderful things to say about you. And I'm, <laughs> So, I'm just excited to hear. In fact, she referred me to your Instagram page. And just for reference, as I read that right under your name, it said mom, wife, dog lover, yoga, trauma integration coach, and perpetual learner. That piqued my interest right there. Yep,
1: that pretty much says it all in just a couple of words.
0: Oh, yeah. And then in our text, we were texting back and forth a little bit, and you also mentioned topics such as raising a special needs son. You talked about Christ-centered yoga, helping people heal from trauma with body connection being the key, and also giving the gift of yourself through presencing yourself. All of those sound fascinating. So (laughs) uh, I just want to learn tonight and listen to what you have to say. So wherever you'd like to start or whatever topic, that would be just great.
1: Sure. Okay. Well, um, if you're letting me pick, I think I'll start with my son. And the reason why is because I feel like parenting him got me on the path that I'm on. And that probably happens to other people too. You think you're going to do a certain thing yeah. and then something happens in your family and all of a sudden you change directions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's kind of what happened with me. He was three when he was diagnosed with autism. We were actually living overseas at the time. And um we just decided we needed to come home to the States to try to get help for him. And, mm-hmm. you know, when we brought him back and he was diagnosed. Actually he was diagnosed while we were still living there. And then I was eight months pregnant, so I couldn't travel until after I had my baby. And then I went back. So he was on the autism spectrum. Well, they call it a spectrum disorder now. They didn't really call it that then he's 27 now. Mm -hmm. They just said, you know, he's not really mild and you know, you need to get him some speech therapy, some occupational therapy and good luck. And I was like, what? Yeah. That's it. Good luck. You know, I mean, so that was kind of the beginning of starting to look in different places for answers and to try different things. And, you know, not just, you know, drugs and whatnot. Doctors usually took that route, but there weren't even any drugs to give him. And so people would come up to me and say, hey, have you tried this and that? And you know, have you tried this emotional healing thing? Have you tried oils? Have you tried whatever? And so we just started doing different kinds of things. And wouldn't you know, a lot of those quote alternative, they don't seem that alternative to (laughs) me now, but they kind of pointed to me in a direction of looking outside of the box. Mm -hmm. And that was so helpful because I realized that there was way more than I thought there was out there in the way of healing and just information. And so we just kind of kept going that route. And, you know, he started to see improvement and getting better. And I mean, we did all kinds of crazy diets. We took him to an environmental doctor. He did sauna therapy. He did chelation to get the heavy metals out of his body. We did so many very different looking things. They're less different now than they used to be. Right. But that's kind of where I got my start in the work that I do now.
0: Okay. So just for reference, it seems to me that Western medicine and Eastern medicine is a large chasm in between uh, the <laughs> two of them. Would that be a, a solid statement? Yeah. Or, yeah.
1: I mean, I think back then there was,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and now I feel like there's a lot more Eastern medicine that is coming in and is more, mm-hmm. I don't know, mainstream is the the word, but it definitely at that time it didn't. I didn't have any idea about these other things. I mean, I was much younger. I just didn't right. know as much about life then, but yeah, yeah. there was definitely a chasm.
0: At that point, it seemed like thinking outside of the box, but maybe today it's a little more inside the box to, exactly. to do that, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think so. I Sometimes my husband has to remind me, not everybody knows about that or the people that are around me now. You know, you kind of choose your tribe or they choose mm-hmm. you as you start to go down a certain path. And so the people around me, they do these things and they don't seem... Unusual to me anymore, but he reminds me once in a while. Not everybody knows what you're talking about, and so I'm like, okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How does helping people heal from trauma and looking at the body connection as being key? How does that all fit in?
1: Well, the way it fits in is that everything that you experience, that you look at, that you hear, that is part of your history is stored in your body. Our bodies are just amazing. You're like a big tape recorder. So everything that you've experienced from the time that you're a child or baby, even in sometimes even in utero, up until you are now is recorded in your body, including the good and the bad and the traumatic. And there are times where you're going through your life and it's like you touch one of those places that happened in your past. And all of a sudden it feels like it's happening again. We call them triggers sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, and those things are stored in your body and When you tap into those, all of a sudden you're there again. And so with the kind of work that I do, the trauma integration work, it kind of helps you find those little places that are stored in your body that are still, I don't know, like an open wound or just a sore spot and allow you to kind of release those. And so then it just becomes a memory, but it's not filled with all of the heavy emotion, the sorrow, the angst. And so, you know, I did a lot of my own work and, you know, I'm sure a lot of that had to do, you know, with my son and the things I experienced when he was young. I mean, raising him and, you know, at the time we found out that he had autism, like I said, we were living overseas and it it just felt so heavy and didn't know what to do and, you know, where do we turn? And so a lot of that angst and stuff is stored you know, in my body was stored in my body until Mm -hmm. later when things would happen again, that seemed similar to something earlier. And it felt like it was opening up some old wound. And so knowing that when I finally understood the way the body worked, it helped me to like, you know, I went to my mentor, she helped me clear stuff. And I went through and learned how to do it. And I help other people with that. It's so freeing. It just brings you freedom. And I just think it's a tremendous. It's another one of those. Well, alternative. Maybe it's not alternative anymore. You'll have to tell me if you've already. Mm
0: -hmm. It It almost sounds psychoanalytical in nature, Freudian a little bit. Freud, I think, uses the term "unfinished business" uh, that we (laughs) carry around with us, and we don't. We haven't dealt with. You know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I really feel like the key to. You know, when you see somebody that seems stuck, maybe it's even you, I mean, mm-hmm. any of us, mm-hmm. when you get stuck somewhere, it's usually because it's kind of a gift, your body's telling you something's going on, there, something that didn't get dealt with properly. Yeah. And so let me get some help, let me reach out to a, you know, a coach, a therapist, a counselor to process that, so it's not still there. And, you know, it's like a magnet attracting more of that same kind of angst. So let's process it and have it not be there anymore and i've just seen amazing things happen when people do that and even for myself
0: right my understanding and even my personal experience is that when you don't have an outlet or a platform you know to talk about that sometimes it comes out in physical ways it presents itself in physical ways you hurt or you get sick or you know very ill in fact
1: yeah yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a book I love called The Body Keeps the Score. Mm-hmm. And I love that phrase because I think it's really true. Your body is remembering everything for you. And there comes a time where you need to address it. People that have illnesses and especially the terminal sorts of things mm-hmm. that last and last and last. When you go in and find the origin, something that might have happened a long time ago, a decision you made as a result of something that happened to you is affecting the way you're living your life. And so, yeah, it does show up physically. I mean, I feel like the physical part is kind of the last part. This is why I feel like mind body connection is so important if you are. And that's why I teach yoga partially is when you're in tune with what's going on in your body, you can find it sooner, you know, before it turns into some full blown crisis or illness. And then it becomes harder. The physical is the last place that it shows up, you know, it shows up in your emotions, shows up in your, you know, your beliefs and your patterns. And, and so that can be a gift when you're in tune and you're realizing something's going on there. What is that?
0: Oh, that's absolutely true. In fact, uh, I teach up at BYU-Idaho and I teach in the social work program. And mm-hmm. I tell my students a story every once in a while when we talk about the importance of freeing yourself up by actually remembering and sharing and getting through, you know, hard things in your life. I share about a a bear in the forest. I don't know, maybe you've heard this before, but it's a little cub. And one day he goes out to play with his other bear friends and he falls into a a shrub uh, bushes with, you know, just scratched him up and whatnot. And it hurt him, but he went and played with his friends. Time went on, and he continued to feel a sharp pain in his paw. So finally one day he went to his mom, and and she said, I've really got this pain right here in my paw, but I don't know where it's coming from. So she took him into the—I tell my students that the mother bear takes him into the the doctor in the forest that's skilled, the bear doctor that's skilled in thorn removal. (laughs) So that doctor cannot see anything visibly. But he began to peel away layer by layer in the palm of his paw, and it was painful. But eventually, he found a, a really small thorn, and when he pulled that thorn out, the pain immediately went away. And so the moral of the story is, sometimes we have to peel away layers of ourselves in order to find the origin of what is hurting us. What would you say to that?
1: Yes, I totally agree. And I love what you said about expressing, you know, part of the work that I do with my clients is they express like, I feel like I'm their guide, but they're the ones that are finding those stories, those places where things are stored. And, you know, it's amazing every single time we come out of a session, I'm amazed because the body is like knowing exactly where that problem is. And then by the client expressing, You know, I feel because we'll go through the process and they'll say, my chest feels really tight. My Mm -hmm. chest feels really tight. And it's like your chest is remembering that particular experience and it's speaking. It's like this hurts right here. And the way we, quote, heal it is that person expresses it. My chest feels so tight. My chest feels so tight. And in the process of expressing it, it dissipates. It dissipates the sharing of it. And it's like the body just needed to be heard. It needed to be seen and validated. And you're giving those feelings a voice. And I just love it.
0: That is fascinating. So is it something like, depending on what part of your body, is there anything to that, that what part of your body is trying to express itself will determine what the issue is? I guess help me understand that.
1: Yes, sometimes. Oh, I'll give you an example. Okay. And this one is, I've experienced this before, you know, I kind of grew up in a family where we didn't talk about a lot of things. If something was off or wrong, we didn't discuss. The unspoken rule was don't rock the boat, don't make waves. And so, you know, I kind of grew up that way, trying to just make sure everybody was comfortable. And we don't say things that are not pleasant to hear. And what happens is your throat, you have these energy centers in your body from the crown of your head all the way to your tail, and they're called chakras. And your throat chakra, the area that's responsible for your expression, you speaking your voice, verbalizing your truth, that part of the body, if that's closed off, it creates all of these problems. It can create laryngitis, right? Mm -hmm. Like all of a sudden you can't speak, you're not able to express. And all kinds of different ways your body is telling you that part of your body is weak or underdeveloped. I had an example where my daughter is a singer and she had a lot of stress around performing and there'd be times where she had to perform and she would suddenly lose her voice. It would happen every single time she would get sick, but the sick part would always end up right there in her voice and cause laryngitis and she couldn't sing. And so, yeah, it's a matter of getting in tune with your body and realizing there's something going on here with the throat chakra the voice like it's important for us i think god gave us a voice we need to use it we need to speak truth we need to express because when you don't express it gets stuck it gets buried it gets hidden and that's the opposite of healing
0: you mentioned getting in tune with your body how do you do that camille
1: well breathing and being still i would say are the two main things so i teach yoga Mm -hmm. And what we do at the beginning of every class is we tune into our breath, close our eyes, be relaxed, take a couple of deep breaths. And just that act of breathing in and out quietly, rhythmically is a way to communicate with your body. And what you're telling your body with those deep breaths is you're resetting your nervous system and you're saying, all is well, everything is okay here. And so that's the beginning of it. A lot of people are so busy, they're stressed out all the time, and they're unfamiliar with that ability to be quiet, to be still, and to listen. You know, we're just inundated with information all the time, and we're too busy. We don't have time for it.
0: So you're saying just slow down, take time, right? Yes. Sounds like mindfulness. Is that what what you're talking about, is mindfulness?
1: Yes, yes. Paying attention, listening. learning to get under the busy mind. I mean, we all have those times, and some of us more than others, where our minds are just busy going all the time. And, you know, the benefit of slowing down and breathing, meditating, being mindful, all of those things are good, helps you get more in tune with, like, it's turning inward. Mm
0: -hmm. What's
1: going on here?
0: Just the act of being. As simple as that. Just in the moment. Just being in the moment. Yes. I think a lot of people... Yeah, everything
1: you need to know. Yeah, Yeah.
0: exactly. And I think a lot of people will say, oh, I don't have time for that. But really, it doesn't take much time, does it, Camille?
1: No, and the truth is, as you learn to slow down and you learn to turn inward and really listen, Mm -hmm. like I think it helps you be in tune with the Spirit so you can hear, you actually have more time. I mean, that's how God works, right? It's amazing. He can stretch time. It can give you more time and so taking time to be quiet and still it's like a deposit in your bank account that gives you more
0: yeah that emotional I bank don't account know how. yeah i don't yeah. I, I don't understand it either but i get exactly what you're saying is that it happens and i don't question how it happens i just know that when it happens it does so much good for the soul
1: yeah, I, I, me too. I just feel grateful. Like, how did that happen? <laughs> I had all this to do, but you know, my time, I call it my morning devotional time, right? Where I'm quiet and I pray and we read my scriptures and all those things. That has become such a precious time for me because it gives me more time. I don't know how, but it does.
0: Right. And it's got to be good for the physical body, plain and simple. Oh, yeah. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're all connected, all parts of us, our spirit, our mind, our body. And, you know, when we go around not taking that time to be still, your body might be giving you a message, but you're Mm -hmm. not hearing it. It's kind of like the radio, like when you're driving in your car and something is going wrong and your car's making a noise, but you don't want to hear it, so you just turn your radio up or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So you don't hear it. And then it gets louder and you turn it up louder. It's kind of how our bodies are. Our bodies will give us subtle clues that something is not balanced. Something's out of order. Mm -hmm. And so that's another gift of being still is knowing, you know, something's not right with my right knee. Like I do this and something doesn't feel right. And, you know, asking questions like what's going on here. One of my favorite questions. What's going on here?
0: With yourself. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then listening.
0: How do we go about, When we think our body is really trying to tell us something, and we finally take the moment to listen, what do we do next? After we hear what our body is saying, where do we go from there?
1: Well, what I like to do is I ask, I pray, and I just ask, you know, God, please send me information. Please help me. And almost before I even ask, because he already knows what we're going to say before we ask, he'll bring you in contact with information maybe it's a conversation you have with someone else and feel prompted to you know call a doctor or somebody that you trust maybe it's something you hear on a podcast maybe it's some commercial you see who knows how god talks to us but he gives you what you're looking for and it can become like a path like i'm going to bring it back to my son just a minute you know when he was young and he was diagnosed my prayer was please heal him, please heal him, please heal him. I would have this constant prayer. And one time my mom said, you know, you might have to actually go through this process and, you know, and and discover what it is. And I feel like that's how God helps us to grow Mm -hmm. and stretch is he gives us like little tidbits. He doesn't always just throw the whole answer at us. He just gives us little parts of it so we can discover and grow as we're ready.
0: There are some of those dogs you love. I know. I'm sorry. No, you're good. What kind of dogs do you have?
1: I have a golden doodle. He's the big boy. And then I have a lab mix.
0: Oh. And,
1: yeah, they're great. They make me happy.
0: Camille, one of the other things you talked about was giving the gift of yourself. You talked about during this Christmas season, give the gift of Mm -hmm. yourself through presencing yourself. That's a concept I'm not familiar with. What is that?
1: So it basically means... Giving the gift of yourself is giving the gift of your attention. It's giving your eye contact. It's allowing people to feel your energy. It's being open and creating space around you so that when people interact with you, they sense of your energy and they feel relaxed. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that we can all cultivate as we take time to be still, as we tune into our bodies, as we find things that need to be addressed and healed. And we take care of that. It opens up space. I look at it like full and empty people that are just talking all the time. And you know, you've been around people like that. Like you can't get a word in edgewise. It's because they're full. They have all this stuff in them. They don't have space in them to like, listen to you (laughs) (laughs) because they have their own stuff. And so the gift of presencing is just making yourself available and I've been practicing, it's really a fun thing to practice when you're out and about doing your errands, like at this grocery store. You know, going up to the cashier when you're checking out and looking at them and not having your phone in front of you and just saying hi and, you know, smiling at them. Those seem so basic and yet they mean so much. We are meant for connection with others. And just by connecting with others, giving them our attention our time, our smile, our gaze—that's really meaningful and
0: helpful. It doesn't take much either, does it?
1: No, but I feel like it seems so obvious we need to do that. But yet, go out and look at how many people are looking down or have their headphones or their AirPods, and they're just—they're not available. They're definitely not available. All right. And that's what we need when we're connecting with others—is another person to look at us, to listen to us, to. Hold space for us. And that's what present seeing is. It's showing up in that way, like in an open way.
0: You use the word gift. What a gift that doesn't take any money, really, not much time or effort. It just takes our willingness to step outside for a second and, like you say, um, give of ourselves to other people and give them that space, that time. Wow. Yes. Listening. Absolutely. Right. Mm hmm. What a gift. And you
1: you do that all the time with your guests, right? You host this podcast, you give people space. That's what you're doing for them to share. Yeah,
0: you know, that's a it's good way best. to look at it. I can honestly say I haven't looked at it like that until just this moment when you said that. But I yeah. guess, you know, having a platform for people to share their stories, hopefully that helps them just as much as it helps other people who hear their stories.
1: Oh, yeah. It definitely does. People have that need to express, to go back to the throat chakra, to Mm -hmm. to be validated, to be heard. We all came into this life, into this world with things we're here to do. You know, we're not invisible. We're here, and we're here for a purpose. So the more we can be that person and express, that helps us come alive.
0: That's a good way to put that. And, you know, I've always been one that promotes the idea that it's important to make human connections with people. I've always felt that that's important. I know what it does for me when I have a wonderful interaction with somebody and we both walk away feeling uplifted and good. It's just a feeling you can't describe. Yeah,
1: it's one of the beauties of being
0: human. There you go. (laughs) I like that too. Love it, love it. The goodies of being human. Well, I've taken quite a bit of your time tonight, Camille, but it's just been really eye-opening for me to hear the words that you've said and the truth that you've spoken and the connections that we need to make with not only other people, but with our own bodies. What an amazing thing. And what a good reminder, really, that you've given to us tonight.
1: Well, it's been really fun for me. This is a favorite topic. So thank you for allowing me to talk about these things that I love to talk about. And thanks for listening and holding space for me.
0: Oh, my goodness. Probably I'm the one that's benefited most from this. <laughs> so so I I'm, I'm thanking good. you. Well, You're you, welcome, and thank you. You bet. And, Camille, have a wonderful evening, and I hope that uh, you can continue on with the great work you're doing.
1: Thank you, Grover. It's <laughs> been fun. You have a good evening, too. <laughs>
0: Same to you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. And remember to speak up, speak out, and speak often. Bye-bye.